Hey folks, SH1T coming to you live, drinking Folgers coffee. The best part of waking up is throwing away Folgers and not drinking it, uh, obviously. Thought I'd switch up the format a little bit, and I'll start with the news and sports section and then get on to the uh, personal statements and opinions and whatever's going on in the old life of uh, myself. However, comma, um, I will start and intercede with the fact that uh, baby boy's back home, which is fantastic. Uh, shout out to all the nurses and the doctors over at uh, the hospital that we stayed at. I can't thank them enough. And he is back, uh, bright, smiling face. Uh, so what What podcast isn't a podcast without mentioning Trump? And uh, unfortunately, this will be the third, day in a, or third episode in a row where I go with uh, Trump as the, the news leading section. But first, there you go. So, the border wall saga continues. Uh, Trump traveled down to South Texas and touted the border wall uh, again. I was talking to the wife about uh, basically the whole scenario and situation. He's pegged himself in a corner. He cannot move. As stated, if he accepts anything less than $5.7 billion with a B dollars, uh, he will not be the 2020 president. Right? He won't even run in the Republicans. Uh, and as I said, both sides are children. Uh, but the Democrats are the only ones that, that have uh, ability to maneuver. Like Trump, he's kind of trying to do, he's, you know, he's weighing his options, but it would be dumb for him to move out and uh, declare a national emergency. Uh, all, most of the opinions on that is it basically opens up Pandora's box with, uh, you know, next time there's a Democratic uh, president or Republican president, they can just kind of say whatever they want to say. They, they can declare any national emergency they want to. So the border crisis is not really a crisis, it's just a long-term problem that has not been solved yet. And, eh, so you can't, you don't really want to do that. Uh, he's locked into his, you know, he put himself in a corner and the Democrats refuse to move from their, uh, from their corner as well. So they are the ones that can bring up and kind of get concessions and uh, they could, they could give the 5.7 away and then get amnesty for DACA, put the 11, 10, 11 people million back in the back of the back of the line, and even give them more money, right? So that they could they could say, hey, you know what? Here, you, I know you asked for 5.7. Here's 9 billion. But we're gonna, or here's you know whatever X amount of money that you want. But we need DACA, so they're gonna get amnesty and they're in. You know, we're gonna process them for citizenship, and they're also the uh, 10 to 12 million, million illegal uh, immigrants that are currently known to exist in the United States, we're going to put them in the back of the line when it comes to immigration. And that'll take 10 to 15 years to process. Uh, even even uh, my wife going through the immigration process, it took us about 18, when, when she got her green card visa, it took us about 18 months to two years to get her citizenship. So that, that'll be a long process. If you put, they can process about 800,000 uh, if they staff up with extra money, they could process probably one, 1.2 million a year. Still, that's all the, the current applications plus the 10 or 12 million that they would do. So it'd be like a 10 to 15 year process to process them through. But if the Democrats just kind of double up and give them extra money, then they could laugh at them when the border process fails or, you know, they, they could use it as a, as a leverage game in the future. They could give them 9, 10, 11, 12 billion uh, Dollars and just kind of like say, hey, haha, in five years or two years or whatever it is, years from now, they could just say, oh, look, see, we did this, we didn't work. 
uh, immigration is still a problem because they're right. Majority comes through ports of entry. Um, some does seep through the unguarded uh, portions, but it's kind of you got to go out of your way. You got to you got to be dedicated to go out of your way and get through uh, the United States border to go out or to get to get into the United States. The uh, it's just it sucks that they are playing with eight hundred thousand people's uh, paychecks, but that is what it is. Um, TSA or airports are starting to have to funnel uh, traffic, air traffic controllers, like the pain is starting to be realized because like a lot of people said, you can only go through one paycheck. Um, it, like most people's budgets are set up like that. Like you can't miss a paycheck. They live paycheck to paycheck. And a lot of federal, federal workers live paycheck to paycheck and they missed their paycheck last Friday. So yeah, it sucks. It really does. I'd really like to see, but yeah, Trump can't move. I'd really like to see the Democrats kind of get the, that would be the smart play to get everything that they could uh, from this situation. But, eh, on to that. So other news stories, uh, Tulsa Gabbard called out uh, Kamala Harris and Maisie Hirono, which uh, if you, if you ever, if you watched, the, they're on this uh, Senate Judicial uh, committee and those were two really fun ones when they had their five minutes along with Cory Booker were just uh, in my opinion disgusting uh, for uh, targeting the judicial moment so uh, Tulsa Gabbard called out uh, Miss Harris and Miss Hirono for targeting a judicial nominee uh, Brian Boucher for his Catholicism and uh, his Knights of Columbus uh, association so it's not it's not cool like it's not cool that they're trying to do religious tests or at least bringing up religious faith. Uh, it wouldn't be if a Republican was bringing up Muslim heritage for a judicial nominee. That would probably be all over the uh, air, airwaves and radio waves. But they, they are. It's unfortunate that they don't think that Catholics or any religious test can be objective. Uh, and I see where they're going with that, but it's not. It's a, it's a slippery slope, and it's because you could take anything. Oh, you're you're a female, so you can't you can't be you can't be uh, partial on abortion, or you're a Catholic and you can't be partial on religious tests, or you're white, so you can't be partial on racial issues. Uh, pretty slippery slope uh, when you start bringing up those questions. Uh, kudos to Tulsi Gabbard for bringing that up, uh, because those, obviously the circuit court and district court uh, nominations. Probably going to only show up on C-SPAN, so people aren't aware of it. So uh, kudos to her. Um, the Ruth Bader Ginsburg situation, uh, it, it, ma it makes me bring this up. She missed her first uh, oral argument uh, in recent memory. She, she had surgery and removed two cancerous growths on her lungs. This is her third uh, cancerous uh, issue. Uh, she's 85 years old. Um, I think the only knock I have on RGB or RBG is that she's made she makes political statements. I don't think judges should do that. I don't think judges should be on Twitter making political statements. Other than that, I have no um, heard you ever, like I have no issues with what she's done on the Supreme Court. Any questions she's asked um, of, of all the Oyez uh, podcasts that I've listened to with oral arguments, highly recommend that uh, if you do not listen to Supreme Courts uh, or no geography. Uh, that you study a map and you listen to those court cases. Like I said, 90% of them are very boring, but 
but you learn something new every week, uh, and some of them are very interesting. Uh, but if she were to give up her seat or retire or uh, unfortunately pass away, that would create, if you thought Brett Kavanaugh was fun, wait for this one. Um, Ginsburg, or sorry, Gorsuch uh, confirmation wasn't so bad because it was a conservative nomination replacing a conservative seat. When Scalia died, Ginsburg, or sorry, uh, Scalia was the replacement for that. So it, his kind of went unfettered, kind of just went and went through, like just kind of was under the map, wasn't really a contentious uh, issue. When Kennedy uh, gave up his seat, uh, all like, and he, he just basically retired and said, hey, I'm done. And then just me, like it just started this, this shit storm because Kennedy was a swing vote. He was a conservative kind of, but he would, like you could, you could sway him either way. Um, he literally took an objective uh, look uh, and he would vote both sides of the aisle. So he was probably one of the last moderates um, on the court, except for uh, uh, Chief Justice uh, Stevens. So Kavanaugh is kind of the same. Kav Kavanaugh was the hand-selected replacement by Kennedy. And even though he's middle right, and he's not a legit conservative like uh, Thomas and Alito, uh, he still had a hell of a time. Uh, and I've already talked about that. And they, they went after him hardcore. And Kamala Harris and Maisie Hirono were some of the more, and as I said with Cory Booker, were some of the more disgusting people on the on the Senate Judicial Committee asking questions that were just kind of... Uh, Cory Booker brings up a fun one because the whole Kavanaugh sab, uh, the whole Kavanaugh saga was based on uh, sexual harassment or, or sexual impropriety 36 years ago. But Cory Booker, within the decade, had bragged about grabbing uh, a female's breast or, or like stroking across a female's breast. And I really wish that Kavanaugh would have brought that up in, when, in Cory Booker's five minutes. But Cory Booker, to his credit, kind of towed the line and kind of just walked. He tippy-toed around it because he, 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 you could just see in his five minutes uh, on the second, uh, second hearing that he just kind of tippy-toed around it because he did not want, because Kavanaugh was getting more like fiery. He did not want Kavanaugh to bring that up. That would have been hilarious, though, if it would have happened. But... Gorsuch was a conservative replacing a conservative. Kavanaugh and how how much of a disaster that was was a right moderate or middle right replacing a moderate. If Ginsburg Ginsburg is on the left, and Trump will nominate somebody on the right. So if you thought Kavanaugh was fun, wait until you see uh, this one happen if it happens in the next two years. So Amy Barrett. Uh, is the next 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 woman up? Um, so that'll that'll take away the the sexual assault angle because she's a female, but the Catholic angle angle and her uh, like she is a staunch conservative. She is against Roe versus Wade. Um, she's she's on the right just like uh, Clarence Thomas and Justice Alito are. She's a hard right, and that was uh, some. Some outlets on the conservative side said would say that uh, uh, Amy Barrett would be the would be the preferable pick to Kavanaugh because, like I said, Kavanaugh is right middle; she is far right. So, if you want to see some fun, and I'm, I'm ready for the I'm ready for the show, I'll be tuned in with some popcorn and some chocolates to sit and watch that one with a right conservative vote replacing a left. That'll be a landmine, uh, and should be a very interesting. But it also it'll be fun to see how the Democrats try to tear her down 
because she's legit uh, uh, conservative. All the Democrat uh, judicial nominees have to do is convince one person on the Republican side to change his mind, and they almost got uh, Flake to do that uh, with the Kavanaugh hearings. As much as a, a sham that was, they they almost got him. Like a bunch of activists were in, they were they were like accosting senators in hallways. It was it was crazy, and they almost got him to change his mind. And he he approved the vote with like a caveat that uh, we'll see him again in seven days, or the FBI can continue their investigation in seven to ten days. And Kavanaugh got through with a 50, 51 to 49 uh, vote, or 52 to, 52 to 48, but two, two individuals abstained. So, <sighs> Jeff Bezos is getting divorced, um, and he's, you know, half of his wealth's going to go away. Uh, it brings up the, which she deserved, like, everything I've read... This is one of those perfect situations where half is appropriate because they started together. She was a, she was a, you know, a, a, all the reports I've read, she was an integral part to uh, getting, uh, like getting everything started with Amazon. She was, I think she gave up her career. She started being a secretary, a secretary. She was doing administrative work. Uh, when Amazon was starting out, uh, she was one of the main uh, or main supporters. And they kind of, they've, they've been married for 25 years and here they are. Uh, apparently, they've been separated for quite a while. Bezos, I guess during their separation, started texting another friend of his that was on the outs with his wife. So Bezos is kind of a creep. Um, so I, I think he's valued at $130 billion, And she, if, if she gets 50%, that would be $65 billion. That it didn't, it didn't, This does not bother me as much as like some of the stuff I've heard. Uh, I just wish there would be... It wasn't always 50%. It was like a, a, a true accounting of what someone deserves in a divorce proceeding. Because why Why would you get married? Um, uh, half the half the uh, marriages... I, I'm married, but half of the marriages end up in divorce and the other half end in death. So you're 100% fucked uh, when, <laughs> when you get married. Uh, not speaking of... Not speaking of on that topic. Uh... But I, I thought it was interesting uh, that that I, I saw that saw the sixty five billion number up. Oh, some people are at arms like, oh, she should like. If if there's any case, Jeff Bezos' wife is one of those where yeah, you're married for twenty five years. She was actually integral in starting up the process. Uh, I think she gave up a portion of her career, as all most women do, give up some of their career uh, to start a family uh, and be with their husbands, and then uh, you know she gets she gets half. Great, uh, totally down with that. There are other scenarios or situations where that's kind of not the case. Uh, but I guess I'll find something to, to expound more uh, intelligently upon that. Uh, pregnancy rate in Navy deployments. Uh, that was a fun article. Uh, basically boiled down that uh, the pregnancy rate among uh, sailors in the Navy has gone up on 2015 to 2017. I thought it was interesting because they're actually showing numbers or, you know, Navy tries to hide numbers. I've, I've been in multiple trainings where they don't want to show you numbers. Uh, sexual assault's another one where they love to turn the one in four, uh, one in four members, and they, they don't give you stats. And I think they say one in three males uh, are subject to sexual harassment of some shape, form, or fashion. They define sexual harassment, but they leave that little nugget in the, in the mind that uh, it's rape. So one in four women are raped and one in three men, men are raped. 
in the in the Navy. That's kind of kind of a nugget they kind of like to place. Um, the number is probably more in like one in fifty five, one in fifty six. That's still way too fucking many. Um, however, comma, it's it's part like it's it's a terrible like it's you got you got to get with the the you got to get away from the men are different than women paradigm. You gotta you gotta bring them up. Like they got we gotta they, whatever standard you you imply has to be the same across the board, and that will start to integrate uh, men and women together. That's what you need. Uh, you can't have this policy applies to this. If if uh, women can wear ponytails, men have to wear ponytails. If uh, men can have mustaches, women should be able to have mustaches. It's kind of that crazy. Um, single like uh, Starship Troopers birthing. It's like you gotta. It's just. Like you're just one of the gang, you're equal. That's where you gotta go with this. Um, I know you gotta separate, like we're just not at there, we're not there to, uh, as a society yet to do single single sailor birthings or single marine birthing or single armor birthing. Um, you just, you, you have to. But the, the study kind of went one in six. Uh, uh, another thing I thought was funny about that one was that women are, more, are very much more critical of women than men are. So a lot of the statements in the article were from a uh, officer of, or maybe it was a civilian uh, woman that was just making statements of saying this is detrimental to them, which it sucks. I've, I've seen it once in my, like one in six, yeah, that's probably more accurate. I've definitely seen it in my career. Yeah, I've seen women get out of deployments by getting pregnant, but it's I've seen men get out of deployments by faking an injury or doing uh, whatever they can too. So it's, it's across the board. Um, uh, they have a stat that says uh, 16 to 18% of women do this, probably 16%. I would like to see how many men uh, get dropped out. And that would kind of be cool if they just kind of, hey, whenever they bring this hot topic up, they kind of show, hey, we're losing men at this this rate as well. So it's not just women, it's also men. Men get out of a deployment. I just lost a, we just lost a buddy of mine because he was uh, uh, not, he, he had family troubles. So he got his uh, tour got cut short because he was just not in a mental state to continue his uh, his deployment, and he got he got kicked back. So men do it too, right? I would I would, I would just love to see uh, stats on how many men drop out. See if they're comparable. Uh, I like the new uh, you know bye bye Mattis. That sucks that you're gone, buddy. Matt Daps. And I would love to be one of the children that went with you in the divorce from Trump to Mattis, but to say, I'm losing my train of thought here. The pregnancy problem, it's a problem. Uh, one of the deployments I saw, uh, uh, sailor went on their two weeks of leave, came back pregnant. Duh, like fucking duh. You don't, you don't go on your two weeks of leave on your deployment and do that. Just don't. But I wish they would. I wish they would do. If if another sailor on the ship is or on the deployment is responsible for the pregnancy, male, um, they should definitely detach that individual as well uh, to help with the, you know the 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 like all the stuff that comes up with pregnancy because that's a after after about the first trimester it becomes um like she needs a lot of support so i'd like to see them detach the males that were that are responsible on the ship or on deployments and i'd like to see them get 
like when you're deployed or in a deployed status, there should be a no shitter that you, you shall not get pregnant or you'll be subject to the UCMJ when you're on a deployment. And that's, that's pre, that's, they should call a pre-deployment status. Hey, on this day, like we are in, in deployment, whatever, if your conception is after the fact, you're subject to UCMJ uh, violation. Like that's where, and it's both the female and the male. Like that's the only way they're going to attack this problem. Or the other one is that they match and they just say, hey, you're equal across the board and we're doing this. I don't think we're ready for either situation or scenario. And it's, it's kind of fucked up. But they, uh, if they just kind of like let the problem slide, it's like, how, like what else costs cost you 15% of your manpower? Uh, brutal. Uh, Ricky Gervais salute or has a solution for the Oscars. And his tweet is a fantastic one. So uh, the Golden Globes uh, did their thing uh, a couple weeks ago or a week ago, and they let uh, the movie with Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga, I thought would have won more, but apparently not. And uh, the conspiracy theory in me is that since Bradley Cooper was the American sniper, they're not going to give him a, uh, excuse me, they're not going to give him a award of anything. Uh, maybe the Oscars will be different, but they kicked uh, Kevin Hart out because he had a uh, homophobic tweet about his son or made a homophobic joke about his son in 2011. And it wasn't even a homophobic. It was just a, it, it was like, the, it was the thought that every every man has, most men, if you're a masculine man, it's it's the it's the thought that most men have is like, I don't want my son to be gay. Uh, but if he is, but you just make the joke, right? You, if you're a father and you don't love your son, whoever they are, you're a piece of shit. Gay, emo, cutter, whatever. You're a piece of shit. And a lot of a lot of what your son does is a reflection of your failures or your failures as a parent to your son. So you should only blame yourself for the environment that you foster your children in. Daughter's a little bit of a maniac. Got to calm her down. Got to got to adjust parenting styles. Um, that's what you got to do. And it's it's your your children are a reflection of you. So if you don't like your children, obviously you don't like yourself. Uh, but you can joke about it. You can make a joke like, oh, my son's not going to do it. My son's not taking ballet. My son's not going to do this, that, and the other. You can joke about it. Uh, but once it goes to action, tell you, you got to love your son. But that's, you can't joke, right? I made that point in episode two. You can't make a joke anymore. But you can't make a, joint, a joke in 2011. I just uh, Facebook likes to bring up like po uh, old posts and old tweets. There was a, uh, a post on my Facebook from 2011. I was like, what the fuck was I thinking? That was seven years ago, uh, and I was 28 years old. And I'm not the same person in the same mindset or same attitude. You, you can have the same different attitude week to week. But it was, it was obviously a joke post, but it was kind of like, ah, looking at it now, it's kind of fucked up that I, that I made that joke. Um, but it was a, a double entendre joke, using words that mean like could mean two different things uh, when you say it. Uh, so if I was ever in front of the bully pulpit, I would uh, I would have said, oh well, obviously you see that I, that I obviously you could see that I uh, spelled it one way and <laughs> spelled the other way and <laughs> but it's not something that I could uh, readily defend. However, comma should I be subject to something that I said seven years ago as a joke? No. If it's a serious core belief that I believe in, uh, and I still continue to hold that to this day, then yeah. Let's have a conversation. But you, you should not be digging up tweets from seven years ago because everybody everybody grows up. You know, everybody was a teenager. Everybody was a young adult. 
Most of us went to college. Uh, everybody's made a mistake. Nobody's perfect. And like they said, you have to have, you got to be able to be integrated back into society. Even prisoners or even murderers get their chance to come back to society. Uh, but yeah, the Oscars are not going to have a host for the first time in 30 years. Yay to them. And Ricky, Ricky Gervais pointed out, and kudos to him, that they, maybe they should just not have an award and not have a show because uh, nobody gives a shit. So kudos to you, Ricky. Uh, Big Pharma, another article that I saw. Uh, they spent, I think there was a 68% uptick in their spending for um, medical marketing. Uh, that's a big problem here in the United States. Uh, you, you can't sit down and watch the TV without Solyndra. Oh, do you, did you twist your ankle six years ago? Oh, here's an opiate. Uh, you can't sleep? Oh, here's a sleeping. Like, uh, I think that should be illegal. We're one of two countries, I think, that uh, allows um, pharma or medical practices to, to market to people. To make convince them that they have a problem that they don't, and here's a uh, here's a medical medicine, medical solution to fix your problem. Probably the answer is diet and exercise. For ninety percent of the problems, diet and exercise. You're just probably just a fat fuck lazy ass that you're not going to get up and do what you need to do to solve your problems. Get out, get some fresh air, get a walk, do some push ups, go run, yoga, Pilates, whatever you want to do. Uh, opiates are not the answer. Um, in that vein. Uh, yeah, marijuana should probably be legalized. Uh, a senator, Dan Seam, I'm, I'm pronouncing, mispronouncing his last name, but marijuana as opposed to opiates uh, when he was diagnosed with colon cancer, which, why not, right? Oh, the marijuana has the same uh, pain-relieving benefits without all the bullshit that you're going to run into when it comes to opiates. Um, my own experience, I had a vasectomy a month ago, two months ago, and I took maybe two days worth of opiates. They gave me, they gave me like codeine slash uh, some sort of variant. It was like 50-50 ibuprofen uh, codeine. And my, like, I was, there was something wrong with me after the fact, after like five to seven days. Uh, something was just fucked up. I, I, I felt bad. I felt like shit. Uh, it, I, I can only uh, attribute it to the, some sort of withdrawal systems. I'm, I'm kind of a machine. When it comes to, I don't take Tylenol, I'll rarely ever take Tylenol, I rarely take any medication for anything. Uh, I'll just kind of tough it out, stretch it out, uh, do whatever. Uh, I'll pop a, an ibuprofen or something every now and again because I have a headache or, or whatever it is. But I was, I was kind of bad. Uh, opiates are dangerous. And I, don't, I think uh, what he said is that they gave him a 30-day supply or whatever and he just threw that shit in the trash. I feel like that's the appropriate response. Uh, CBD oil is one of those derivatives of uh, marijuana um, that is unfortunately just got I saw a commercial outlawed by the Navy and that kind of sucks I don't even think CB, CBD oil it, it's out of vape so you can't vape with CBD oil in the Navy but I, I want to say it's not even like it's not even hallucinogenic or there's no there's no effects there's no like craziness on CBD oil maybe I'm mistaken maybe it's something else that the oil, but I think CBD oil is non, there's no uh, THC in CBD oil. And it's like a lot of people are taking their kids to Colorado when Colorado was the, the, the single source state uh, of those effects and Colorado's economic system was a boon, but people are still fighting it. Uh, their, their DUIs or alcohol related deaths 
uh, went down. Uh, this they're they're still trying to figure out the the, the DUI situation on marijuana. Uh, you know, driving under the influence of marijuana, still trying to figure that out. But their economy boomed because they were the one state for a while. And I thought it was funny that the Colorado governor's like, oh, you know, maybe you should wait, you know, wait a little bit. Don't don't decide this. Blah. They were literally giving checks back to Colorado Colorado residents because they got so much money. Uh, from their 40% tax of marijuana that they had no clue what uh, what to do with all that money. So they gave money back to the residents of Colorado. And the governor was making that statement just so we could keep that revenue going for about five more years. Other states are starting to get get on the bandwagon. Uh, recreational use, Amer uh, recre recreational and medicinal use, which is cool, awesome. Uh, hopefully it becomes federally legal uh, after a while. Uh, that's going to be a hard hard sell for the military I think uh, it should stay out of the military's uh, wheelhouse. So you just should kind of give that up. And maybe as a concession, they can do beards. Yeah. Come on, maybe. <sighs> a poker player uh, did a, a, a bet to keep himself in isolation for 30 days um, as, a, as a prop bet. And I just laughed at that because I used to be a poker player. It was actually my life for... Like I, I still do it as a hobby every now and again. I haven't played in six months, and I uh, but I do I do want to get back to play. But I haven't done uh, haven't played in six months, and then uh, it was like literally my source of income from I think two thousand two to two thousand four, two thousand three to two thousand five when I was in college. I played that was my job for two years. Um, I think I drove a bus like twenty hours a week, and then I played poker, and that was my other twenty hours of income. But I played I played poker probably forty sixty hours. A week and and did bus driving and then was failing miserably at, at college but uh it's just that DJ attitude where you're gonna you're just gonna do something crazy and you know a hundred thousand dollar bet to, to be stuck in a room complete darkness here's a yoga mat here's a, a rolly ball and then then we're gonna deliver you food at random intervals so you can't really decide what time it is uh, he got out at 20 days uh, with a like an agreement not that he was going to stop, but he started hallucinating. Like 10 days, he was fine. 14 days, he started hallucinating. And then uh, he said, hey, for health and safety, here's 62, I want to say $62,000 of the $100,000 uh, to get out of it. Uh, but that's just D-Gen stories. I'm, I'm related to poker. You just, you remember the big wins or the bad beats? I can't, I know that I was, I was, on, the, I was on the small blind one time. Uh, this was in one of the Jack's poker rooms. I think they've all gone down to best bet, but one one of the dog tracks were 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 playing. This was one two, and I was in the small blind for one, and the button made it fifty to go, and I had queen ten of hearts, and I wanted to call so bad, but I'm more of a tag uh, player, so I folded, and that was the only royal flush I would have ever gotten. I've never had a royal flush in the fifteen plus years that I played on and off for poker. And that was the one time I would have got a Royale with cheese, two cards in, would have got paid 500 bucks. But because uh, Jack, Jack Acetron on the right and the button made it 50 to go pre in a 1-2 game. Uh, uh, yeah, I missed out. I'm more of a tournament player. Uh, cash is not my forte, even though I've, I've taken some big hauls in in cash. It's probably, it's usually because I'm a little bit loosey-goosey because of the alcohol. Uh, and then... Uh, ace king of hearts and I ran I ran, I ran, ran uh, into a, uh, a the nut flush uh, 
So Blop was whatever, whatever heart. Uh, so I, I just started, hey, Bluff, Bluff. And I bluffed three streets, and it was heart, heart at the end. Guy didn't see it coming. Took a huge pot down. But uh, that's definitely happened uh, uh, on the other side as well. I saw a, a hand at the uh, Poker Stars uh, Invitational, or what PCA, I think it's called, where a dude had nine, six of hearts, and the other guy had queen, five. And the flop was heart, heart, queen. Uh, his turn was queen of hearts, and the river was a five. Uh, and he... I think they were heads up, so there's no way you're not going to fold a flush in that situation. Uh, but you got runner, runner. That is the most brutal way to go down in poker. Uh, radio signals from outer space. Yay. Uh, I think the one the way this was different is that they were repeating signals. So uh, somebody's out there. What is that? What is that called? What does that show? Not the Twilight Zone. X-Files. So they're out there. Repeating radio signals from like over one some odd billion light years away. Yay. And then the good news story of the week. Uh, a child porn ring leader was beaten to death in prison. So, yay. Uh, sports. Um, it's another. It's been a podcast since they're going to play today and tomorrow. Like I said, I'm going chalk in the NFL. Uh, one two one two. I saw some of their picks. A lot of people are picking Indy over Kansas City, and that, that just boggles my mind. Yeah, they're hot. They won eight out of the last nine, but I don't see how they go into Arrowhead and win a game. I uh, I don't see it. So, but don't listen to me. I don't watch. I have not watched football in quite a long time because the games come on at fucking twelve at night uh, or two in the morning. But I think I'll catch the ten thirty uh, game, uh, and then the Stars are third in the Central. A little bit safe for now. They're a little bit safe in the wild card. They got like a six or seven point lead. Uh, they only have a two point lead for third place in the Central Division. And they trail by, I think they have their two games up, or their two games, they play two more games, but they trail by two points uh, to Winnipeg. So, meh. Hopefully the Stars make it. Uh, I thought it was hilarious that their older their owner called out the, the two Stars, Penn, or Jamie Ben, and uh, whoever the hell else it was, the other one. Goalie's always been our issue. Uh, but I think we have Ben Bishop as our, as our, as our lead goalie now, but yeah, goalie's all, always been our issue. Uh, we won one title in 2001 and I wasn't even watching hockey then. So I, I, I follow it cursory. I'm just kind of waiting for college baseball to start up. Uh, so we have like a month. So after, after the Super Bowl, it's college baseball. So AM, uh, not even in the top 25, I think just outside, probably in the top 30, just outside the top 25. Uh, and in a good news story, it seems like ESPN is starting to go back to just doing sports. They went lefty hard uh, a couple couple years ago, and they kind of just got away from it in the last year or six months, realizing that it was really affecting their bottom line. A lot of people are cutting cable, and it's because the only reason to have cable now is to watch live sports. There's really no other reason. You can get all of your binge watching shows. Um, a lot of the a lot of the uh, sitcoms are crap now. So you can just relive the glory days of The Office on Netflix. Uh, the only reason to, to have cable is to watch live events. So live addresses, news, and sports. And ESPN, you know, buying up the UFC, uh, or at least getting the TV rights to UFC, and just kind of getting away, getting rid of Jamal Hill and all those horrific shows, just talking politics and left-leaning sports and blah, 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 blah. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, 
uh, speaking of left-leaning sports, a transgender woman won the uh, first, is a national champion or a, a U.S. champion or a national champion or a world champion in cycling. There was a cycling race where a, uh, a, a man that is now identifies as a woman won a cycling race. Duh. Um, if this is where we're going, might as well just get rid of uh, two divisions of sports. And by the two divisions, I mean men's sports and women's sports and just combine them all if we're just going to head this way. Uh, if you're going to allow biological men to compete in women's sports, why do you need women's sports? Um, somebody once uh, wanted to start a white basketball league, just all white, which is pretty racist. Um, but you kind of already have that with the women's league. You know, you have men's basketball and you have women's basketball. So, eh, eh. Uh, so it was funny that they brought up that the, you know, hey, congrats to the, congrats to you. Next up, the Paralympics. I'm going to identify as a Paralympic. Uh, they, it, it was perfect. They brought up Car uh, Cartman in South Park, uh, identified as a, or, you know, faked being a, uh, a handicapped individual to compete in the Special Olympics and still lost. Uh, they brought up steroids and all this other issue. Steroids in baseball, good. That is my news and sports for today. I will get into the personal uh, just stuff going on after this. So thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll see how that format works if I'm more interested in it this way as opposed to the other way. So like I said, Mikey's back. It's so good to have him, him back smiling, having a good time, having fun. Uh, I don't know how much joy he brings to the house. So it's so cool to have him back. <sighs> well, while the wife and the kid were away, I had two issues with the smoke detectors in the house. Uh, the, the daughter had a cough, and uh, so, you know, one of the ways to stop that is to, the air is just, just insanely dry here. So one of the ways to stop that is to fire up a humidifier and, and blast it up in the room. So I did that, and I was woken up at 5 o'clock to a beep, beep, beep. Went all around the house. Sound carries insanely well in this house, but because you can't figure out where it's coming from. Check the the basement. Check the attic. Check uh, the which I thought it was the excuse me. I thought it was the floor, or I thought it was the smoke detector in the kitchen, or the one uh, in the entryway. And it was neither of those. So I walked up to our room and then heard the beep again. I was like, "Is that is that my daughter's?" Walked in, and it was humid. In there, and the smoke the smoke alarm was going off for the uh, for the daughter. I don't I don't know why. If, she, if it's humid, it thinks there's a fire. I'm I'm not sure why it did that. So, got to figure out the whole humidifier versus smoke detector issue because we need we need humidifiers in this house. It's just air is too damn dry. And then for the first time in this house, I overcooked uh, some steaks. Lord, just lit the shit out of the butter, uh, fired that up, and uh, smoke detectors went off. Typically. For my steaks, you want to, it's pretty easy. Salt, pepper, butter, sear, three minutes, three minutes, 30 seconds, uh, high heat. So the butter kind of fires up. I could not, we could not cook, uh, cook anything at the Maryland, in Maryland, because the, the smoke detectors went off just, if you breathed on them, they would fucking go off. It was insane. So two smoke detector issues, but luckily they're not hooked up to any central alarm system where the fire department's kind of, shows up if your uh, smoke detector alarm goes off. Uh, so, 
another dumb thing that I saw or another dumb thought that I had in my head was uh, I walked around and if you have surgery, it looks like if you have jaw surgery, like let's say you use tobacco um, or you, you're, you're, yeah, let's say you say you're a tobacco user and they want to have jaw surgery on you. They, it seems like the, the, the doctors just kind of want to punish you even more with just leaving extra scars. Like they don't give a fuck. They just kind of like carve up and cut and remove shit out and punch you in the face while you're asleep and shit. Because I've never seen a jaw surgery that would like looked good. It all looked like you can just, it's just, blah, 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 just terrible. Um, I don't know what they do. I don't know how it goes. I know they got to open you up. I don't know why they don't uh, do plastic surgery after the fact. But yeah, it's, it's fucked up that I say that. But I don't know. I don't know. I, I just... You can just immediately tell that somebody's had jaw surgery, had a jaw cut open because they, whatever reason, and it could even not be because they had, maybe they had cancer for, for whatever reason, or maybe they had an issue for whatever reason, and they just had to get something removed. Um, but you all, I always go to the think, oh, he's a tobacco user. Yeah, fucking, that sucks. Uh, sucks to be you when you get your jaw removed for whatever. Could have had a bike accident and crash. Uh, had your jaw broke, shattered, and they had to remove it, or whatever, right? Um, but they, they always seem to, they have. They need to figure that shit out. Is it? You, you see plastic surgery everywhere else. They can do great things for plastic surgery, but they can't fucking fix a jaw surgery. Uh, sat down with a wife. A stupid thought, right? Uh, I sat down with a wife and watched a Law and Order SVU episode, and it's always hilarious where they they always run to a dead end, and then there's just some magical uh, thing that just makes no sense. So this Law and Order SVU episode, which they're all just. I don't know. Not not a big, not a big fan of SVU, but I was like I was watching. It was interesting because they always want to take a, a a hot hot topic or hot take with SVU special victims unit. But so there was this couple that they're kind of like an out there couple. Um, they would you know they they love to do the the menage a trois threesome type thing. So one girl was raped. Like that's that's how she. She took it on the menage a trois. They were going back and forth. You know, she was she had three types of drugs in her system, and then the two couple, the couple was together, and they were kind of get kind of get away with it, um, which kind it it becomes plausible until they got to the point where because uh, uh, the couple they basically raped the girl because she passed out, um, but but everybody else was consensual. Like so, so when they did the search warrant and survey, they saw this like the guy liked to do like these trophies, right? They like to record the encounters, and they uh, so the, the Ice Cube or Ice T found uh, the recordings. They watched all the recordings, and they they uh, they basically had nothing because everybody they interviewed was like, "Yes, consensual, 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 consensual." So the so the blocks kept stacking up on the left. So. Uh, and then the girl's like, ah, you don't believe me. You don't believe me. Why don't you believe me? Ah, fuck it. I'm not doing this anymore. So the girl that was accusing the couple of rape was like done with it. So they were at, a, they were at an impasse because they, it was done. And then all of a sudden the detective's like, well, we found an encrypted hard drive. Okay, it's encrypted. You need the key. I don't know if, how, I don't know how the New York Police Department's gonna, like, who have they hired? Uh, to be able to, you know, super hack uh, a fucking encrypted hard drive. But, you know, they decrypted it, and then they used facial recognition technology to identify 
a 14-year-old from like fucking 15 years ago. Like what? That doesn't exist. Okay. Uh, so they identified the 14-year-old because, and then they they tracked it all the way back to his old house, and apparently he had boarded up another person in the back, and was now it wasn't that he was a uh, it wasn't that he was just a sexual deviant. He was a murderer now because he boarded up a 14-year-old a in a wall. But it wasn't the 14-year-old that was in the video. It was another 14-year-old. And it went back, and apparently his girlfriend was now the 14-year-old that he was banging. And it was some other girl that got locked in the, the thing. And then they were murderers. And, like, I guess you're apparently now you're the, if you're a sexual deviant, you're a murderer. Or if you're a sexual deviant, there's something, always, there's something wrong with you. Maybe you just don't have a fetish. You're just, you're just a weirdo that wants to kill people. Or, or if there's something there, there's always something else. Um, I don't know what the, the show was trying to do or connect, but it just, it was like, okay, believable, 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 man, this is a fucked up situation, and then all of a sudden they lose me when they, oh, we decrypted this hard drive, and there's facial recognition technology, and they just kind of mapped out, and the old lady that was there 15 years ago kind of still lived there, and there was never an odor, there was never anything, she never went downstairs, and they, the body just kind of decomposed and died away, and there was no, no nothing, it just, like, was, it just was fucking... I just, I just lost me completely. Um, in the same vein, good news story. 13-year-old uh, girl was rescued or rescued herself. Um, and it, the perpetrator looked exactly like you would think the perpetrator, perpetrator would look. So a 21-year-old 20, fucking weirdo uh, walked into a house, killed uh, killed the parents of Jamie. That's that's all I They only know name. The only name I know her by um, uh, killed a 46-year-old female and a 56-year-old male. Killed the parents. Uh, took off with the um, took off with the girl. And apparently, he's been watching too much S SVU, right? Because uh, he shaved his head and shaved his body before he committed the crime. Uh, took her about an hour away. Held her captive for about 30 days. She finally escaped, and then they they picked him up uh, later because he was probably driving around looking for her. So they, there was a vehicle that fit the description. They arrested him. And this guy just looks like a fucking pedophile. Like, if, if you could draw a pedophile, he looks like a pedophile. White dude, 21 years old, shaved head, wearing the glasses, just has that dumb look. And probably probably acts the way you would think a pedophile would act. Socially awkward. Uh, can't, like, I've, I've worked with this guy like five or six times in my career. Like, not just in the military, but uh, other places where he's just a... Just a dude where you know you fucking know something's up, and uh, this guy look you know he looks the part. Which uh, thank God she's safe and okay, and thank God they got that motherfucker. Uh, and then on the same note, uh, there was a social uh, anthropologist or whatever that was bringing up uh, comments, and in the same vein, um, you know he was advocating that you know get your kids out and run around, and just thinking that. Uh, which he he made uh, uh, it, it makes sense, right? A lot of parents nowadays are uh, uh, we're too coddling, we're too uh, shelling. Uh, children need to get out and experience the world for themselves. And the more rules you label on somebody, the worse it's going to be for them later on in life. And he was just just trying to make that point, where uh, basically in order to jump this hurdle, uh, parents need to be able to release their children out into the wild and not be held accountable. Like if you're if you're like not just 
hey, get the fuck out of the house. Or if you know that your kids are out of the house, that's a good thing. But if you just lose track of your children, you got to make that distinction. But kids need to be able to roam free and play free, right? So free play needs to be put back in uh, elementary and uh, middle schools. Homework's really not a not a benefit for like when they're like less than eight years old. When like starting at eight, maybe homework makes a little more sense and it just kind of loses loses its luster after about 14 years old. So like eight to 14 is where you want to do the homework a uh, bit. Um, and then you gotta let them like free play and social interaction and getting out there and just experiencing the world by themselves. I made the statement that uh, if you put your kids in the car, roll down the windows and just kind of like, or they were out playing, uh, it's like, it takes 700 years for them to be the kids that get abducted. But that's not a comforting fact to the one child, like if you're the parents, that take this approach and your child does get abducted, it, that's no, it offers no comfort, right? It's statistics are irrelevant to the individual. Uh, uh, but back in the 80s and 90s, it was, uh, it was a thing, right? To, it was just the crime wave was coming up and everybody started like hiding their children because they were afraid that their children were the ones that were gonna gonna, going to get abducted. And sensationalized reporting just kind of like, oh, is that a pedophile? Are they going to steal my children? Um, that kind of attitude. And we've we've gone too far to the... The pendulum has swung too far to the protective realm. And we're starting to see the effects of that in the uh, generations that are coming up. Never, uh, never exposed, or the first time they get exposure to uh, different ideas or different things is in college. And uh, it's, uh, it's unfortunate and weird. Well, that's where I'm going to end it, folks. Uh, that is the end of the, is the podcast. Uh, hopefully the new format is, I'm going to, well, hopefully the new format is uh, palatable and more interesting because I, uh, I kind of, even even myself, I turned it off and shut down and don't listen to it. All right, All right bye. Bye. Yadata, yadata, shutting off the podcast.